Hello, and welcome to the Live, Lead, Succeed podcast, where you'll be inspired to become the best version of yourself, overcome limiting mindsets, and grow into the leader of excellence you were called to be. Here's your leadership and lifestyle coach and guide, Stacy Barlow-Hill. Hello, Succeeders. This is Stacey Barlow-Hill, your leadership and lifestyle coaching guide. I am so excited today. I am talking to my coach, Ms. Kashira Moffitt. I think you all will learn a great deal from her. She is a business coach and she helps women um, monetize their presence online um, and be able to be seen and be heard. But even aside from that, she just has a wonderful um, tenacity for business and um, just the drive that just motivates you. And her story is just amazing. So sit back and listen to our conversation with Kashira Moffitt. Hey, Kashira, I'm happy to have you with me today. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. So before we get started, I want you to kind of just tell our listeners a little bit about what you do um, and how you can help people. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a business coach and I actually help other coaches. So in my business, I specialize in helping up and coming and emerging coaches learn how to launch their coaching practice online. And in that role, I help them with developing their marketing, their messaging and their signature offer, as well as understanding effective coaching methodology. And then on the other end of that, I help experienced coaches who've hit a revenue wall while learn how to scale their practice through passive income streams. Awesome. Yes. So Kashara gave you a condensed version, but she does <laughs> so much more. I'm always, I feel like I'm always seeing something of you popping up your videos or something. There's just something that's always popping up. And I'm always like, when I'm having a day and I feel like <laughs> I should be doing something or I'm slacking, I'll see you pop up. And I'll be like, all right, Kashara's got all this going and on. Can I can totally <laughs> explore that because what's interesting is all of the things that I have going on are all still connected to that core business. And a lot of that is repurposed work. So people find it interesting that, for example, I typically only film videos two days a month. If I'm doing live streams and it's not a launch season, I'm probably only doing two or three a month. And if I'm launching, I may do a little bit more. But I've been over the years, I've been able to really nail an effective strategy so that I'm still seemingly everywhere. But I'm actually not, if that makes sense. (laughs) Well, it does. And you know, what's funny is that you teach us that. Mm -hmm. Like I've seen videos where you actually teach us that you're doing these in batches or Mm -hmm. you're doing these in bulk, you're repurposing your content. So it's your content. So it's actually really funny that even though we know you're doing that, it's still (laughs) like you're everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's the goal. (laughs) So that's how you know that that you're a master at your craft and you know what you're talking about because you're literally telling us I'm doing this and we still don't believe you. (laughs) But awesome. So let me go back and introduce you guys the way that I know Kashira. Um, So Kashira was actually my coach to become a coach. And what I've always really been grateful to Kashira for is helping me kind of find my path in coaching. Um, Before I met Kashira, I knew I wanted to go into coaching, but I always thought that it would be in the avenue of the event industry, because that's what I have just known for the last 10 years. And that's, that's all I've really, um, 
been known for, you know, is, is event decorating and event designing. So I felt that that would be the, the natural step to get into being a coach in the event industry. Mm -hmm. But I had a session with Kashira, a VIP day, I believe it was. And she told me to just start writing down the first things that came to my mind. And everything I wrote down had to do with helping other entrepreneurs <laughs> find their purpose and their passion and their journey. And you were just so um, instrumental in helping me finding that. So if that was the only thing I even got out of our time together, like it was worth its weight in gold, because I don't believe that I would be operating with such a sense of passion um, that I have now, because my passion wasn't necessarily in the event industry. It was mm -hmm. what I did, but the results of what I was doing was really what I was passionate about. Yeah. And you were instrumental in helping me finding that. So I am so grateful to you for that. No, you've done amazing since then. I'm just so proud of you. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I, I do appreciate that. But no, truly, but I, I feel that um, you just you have that in it ability to be able to just pull that out of people. And that's not something that everybody can do. Um, so kind of tell us how your journey began. Like, how did you get to where you are? Oh my God, we're gonna be here all day because it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a journey. Um, I'll try to give you the cliff notes. So my business started off as a resume writing side hustle years ago when, when back when I was still in grad school. I wasn't charging anyone. I wasn't making any money. And it's something that carried on and just into when I started my career here at PNC Bank here in Pittsburgh. I worked in HR and all of my college friends needed help with resumes because everybody was miserable in their jobs. They wanted to do something more in line with their passion. And I was really good at what I was doing. And because of that, they started to refer me to their friends. And of course, at that point, I had to start charging something, some nominal fee. And at the same time, I was starting to become miserable in my own career. And so I was thinking about how could I brand and position myself for the next job. So I knew a lot about personal branding and social media. So I was helping my friends with. So I decided to start getting active. So I started to publish content regularly on LinkedIn and Twitter around branding yourself for your career. And I started a blog. And the blog was really meant to help me get the next HR job because my, my writing was about career development. I had my resume on the website, like it had its own page. And at some point I threw up a services page that was so janky. It had like three paragraphs on it and PayPal buttons. It was not cute. <laughs> and that was the goal. And I started to, to grow a lot on, well, not a lot, but I started to get a lot of engagement on Twitter. And I was being asked to do different Twitter chats at that time. And I was asked to guess write and give quotes for different career blogs and websites. And that kind of started my journey into the online influencer space around creating content. Now on the back end, I'm still miserable in my job. <laughs> and I actually got a job in higher ed. And I was really excited because at that job, I didn't have to hide who I was. In banking, you're not supposed to do anything outside of work. But in higher ed, they actually loved that I had a blog. They loved that I had a side business. And so at this pivotal moment, I got an email through LinkedIn from someone who wanted help with her LinkedIn profile, but she was a business owner. She was an event planner like you. That was my very first business client. Uh, she had 20 years of experience. She worked with like Coca-Cola and Oprah and Essence Fest, all of these crazy big brands. And she's like, I want to get more, you know, she's like, my business has been completely word of mouth and through my network for all these years. Now I want to get online. So help me with my LinkedIn profile. And I told her I didn't, I didn't have any experience with that. And she's like, well, 
my son went to Hampton and you went to Hampton. So that means that you have to be smart. So I was like, okay. <laughs> Granted, I didn't know her son. Her son was way younger than me. He was still in Hampton at this point. So I did the LinkedIn profile. She loved it. She hired me to do her social media, write her website copy. And I was learning as I went, getting books, figuring it out. And then she referred me to all of her entrepreneur friends. So then I worked with another event planner down in Florida. And then I was like coaching her on her business and writing her husband and son's resumes all at the same time. So it's at this point in life where I'm realizing I have two parts of this business, a career coaching side and this like business branding and positioning side and I was being I was starting to fall more in love with the business side and so I just immersed myself in my college textbooks and started going to conferences and listening to podcasts and just staying up on the latest trends in branding and marketing and that's when I decided to make the scary decision of cutting off the career coaching side of my business which was 80% of my revenue (laughs) at that point in time and I went all in in the business coaching and so through several rebrands and several come to Jesus moments, I had to really find myself because I was the kind of person who felt like I don't want to say no to people. So if people needed help and I could do it, I would say yes, which was definitely not a good decision. So I had to really get clarity on what I wanted to do. And so I would say even up until this year in in January, I felt like I was still at a crossroads because I felt like I was still serving just too many types of people. And I discovered coaching certifications and decided to go for certification so that I could really um, get clarity on where I wanted to focus my coaching. And so now I'm an international coach certified in like life and success coaching, which is beautiful because um, underneath that, I have certifications in neuro-linguistic programming, emotional freedom techniques, time techniques, and all of these things come together because as I help women become coaches, I can also help them deal with their own baggage because that is for my clients something that has 100% of the time gotten in the way. It's never really their ability to understand business concepts or to get over their fear of live streaming. It's never really that stuff. It's always the personal things. It's family. It's a comment somebody said to you three years ago. It's like all of these like personal mindset things that really stop brilliant women from taking the right step towards their dreams. And I just felt ill-equipped to help them with that, right? Now, obviously, I don't replace therapy, right? I don't replace counseling, but I can help when those roadblocks come up during our business process. And that's why I discovered I really wanted to help other coaches because people who are called to be coaches have this innate desire to pour and carry others, but they sacrifice themselves so much in the long run. And one thing that was crucial for me as I got the certification is we had to practice these techniques And so I'm getting healing as I'm learning techniques to heal others. And I feel so, I feel so free. Like I feel so light and so different these days. And so now I'm just really excited to be able to marry both of those worlds where yes, I'm still a business coach, but I'm also going to force you to deal with the things that are in your way. That's awesome. That, that kind of just gave me chills because that's kind of what my whole mission is, is just helping people overcome those mindsets. And it sounds so simple, doesn't Mm -hmm. it? Like, doesn't it sound so simple? Like just change your mindset and everything else will work out. But it's really so true. It's not such a simple thing to do, but, but once you understand it, like, it's like, wow, like I wish I would have just taken the time to (laughs) to do this work a long time ago. And 
I was gonna say what's yeah. interesting is for my audience, it's what's gonna be interesting about my approach is that I'm not branding myself as a life coach and I'm not branding mm-hmm. myself as a mindset coach. It's gonna be mm-hmm. like a surprise. <laughs> so you <laughs> so you're doing the program and every module before you even learn the business concept, there's gonna be mindset work like that I'm going to yeah. put you through because I've been coaching so long, which is the beauty of experience. I've been coaching so long, I can predict what's going to come up and when it's going to come up. Now, what differs between person to person is the root cause of that thing. But that thing is still going to come up. And that's why I'm I'm in love with these techniques because I I don't have to do it so um, in your face. It's like, oh no, like this is something we're going to cover and then we're going to get to the good part. So I'm really excited. It is so, I I love that. And, you know, you kind of touched on it, but I get this question a lot too. Can you kind of just explain maybe what's the difference between like coaching versus therapy or counseling? Like what, yeah. what's kind of the, the key differences? Yeah, I mean, with, with coaching, I, I mean, that's the one I could speak to the most. I mean, with coaching, you know, our job as coaches is to help clients unlock the answers within. Um, we, have, we have to approach our clients with assuming that they already have what they need. And our job is to ask the right questions and create the right scenarios for them to discover it. And that's a core difference between coaching and consulting, which is why I dabble in both, because people often think that coaches give you answers. That's not the case. It's not the truth at all. Coaches yeah. help you to pull what's what's within it, and they give you techniques and things and frameworks that you can work through when these scenarios occur on your own to get to that next step. But when we think about counseling and therapy, I mean, there's a reason why those people who are counselors therapists have to go to school for so much longer because now they're actually dealing with like actual psychology right like actual um mental health and that's just a different space and a lot of times we start talking about traumas and ptsd and anxiety like those are things that as coaches like from an ethics standpoint we don't dive into right like do i have a technique that'll help you get over your stage fright or your anxiety about live stream absolutely but am i going to have something that's going to help you sleep better at night no (laughs) like at that point (laughs) when it's up to a counselor right and so it's very much situational and it's very very much it very much varies based on the person but i think a really strong coach will also tell you when an issue is outside of their scope and when it is best for you to decide to seek a therapist or a counselor Absolutely. You know, and I think something just kind of happens when, like I said before, how you kind of helped me pull out being a leadership and lifestyle coach. Had you just told me, Stacey, I think you should be a leadership and lifestyle coach. I probably would have said, "Mm, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you were able to help me pull that out of me, it almost made it feel like it was my idea. Oh, yeah, I discovered that (laughs) I wanted to be a leader. So I think it it has a different effect when someone comes to that realization on their own, or they have that discovery on their own versus you just simply telling them it's not going to have the same type of effect. I mean, and we've seen that in our our entire lives, right? You know, your parents or your family tell you one thing and it's not until you discover it the hard way that you're like, oh, I believe it. And I think one really good analogy that I've learned is, you know, therapists and for the most part, I would say, I'm just going to speak to therapists. I haven't worked with a counselor before, but I've worked with therapists before. And I feel like therapists really deal with issues of the past. And they really help you to unlock those and uncover what could be impacting your present. Whereas coaches are really working with you on your future. And we're really trying to help you like any type of coach, no matter what kind of coach it is, is helping you work towards a goal. 
no matter what kind of coach, right? So you're always looking out into the future and we're trying to future pace and give steps to get there. And yeah, we have frameworks, but a lot of the times the answers on where we're even going and what makes the most sense to get there are already within the client. We're there to refine that process. Yes, absolutely. All right, let's shift just a little bit, not too much, but um, I've had, so you were definitely a um, significant coach at that stage in my life, but I've had several coaches for different stages that I've been in, and I can't say enough how much um, coaching is important, and even as being a coach now, I still seek the advice of coaches, so how how can you... Um, explain just the importance of having a coach and the difference that it makes on someone's journey, oh, especially yeah. in business. I have a couple coaches right now and they are not cheap. Okay. <laughs> they are, <All> right. <laughs> they are a huge part of my budget right now. Um, I just think it's so, you know, I'm at this point in life. I did a live stream about this where I talked about comparing myself from me now to me in 2017, when I, I was still have, I still had a full time job, but that was the year that I like grinded so hard that I made that six figures while working full time, right? And now at that, in, at the end of the year is when I quit my job, and I'm like, okay, well, what was the difference between me now and me then? And it's like at that point, I sought coaching out of desperation, where I felt mm. like I had no other choice because things just weren't going my way. Um, mm-hmm. Presently, having a coach is a non negotiable. This is something if I got to go at Uber for some reason, <laughs> because things yeah. are that hard, <laughs> it's a non-negotiable. We all need guidance. We all need that next level expert opinion. And we all need somebody to ensure that we're not we're not putting ourselves in a corner. I know people like to think of coaches as accountability partners, but like, I think that that's a lot of money to just pay for accountability. I think the right. biggest thing that I pay for with one of my coaches is that she refuses to let me shrink. She refuses to let me play small. She refuses to let me undervalue myself. And at, and there, and you know, and no matter how much mindset work you do, you still run into those things. You still at some point say, oh, I want to do an event. Okay, great. But let me get the space that can only hold 20 because I don't think 50 people would come to my event. And she'd be like, well, why not? Where did that come from? What, what, what right. makes you think that you wouldn't get 50 people? Well, what happened if you did? Like, you know, that kind of thing, right? And so a lot of times it's really easy to shrink and to say, well, I'm going to do this instead of that. And then we tell ourselves we're doing it because of a protection. Like, oh, I don't want to waste the money or the time. But it's really a defense mechanism of like, oh, no, I'm just not really going to rise to the occasion. And I'm worried that like, I'm going to fail. And we need to, we need to think through like what that, where that's really coming from, right? And so that's the benefit of having a coach because I always say every new level is a place you've never been before. So how do you know what's going to happen when you get there? How do you know how to perform when you get there? How do you know what's required of you on an identity level to maintain once you do get there? And that's the benefit of coaches. Every coach I have makes more money than me. (laughs) They are all doing different projects than me. I have a coach. I have a coach teaching me how to do corporate contracts who makes multi-million dollars a year and he's a white man. I have a coach who makes $800,000 a month in the coaching industry. I have a coach who makes, um, not makes, but I have another coach who literally only coaches one day a month 
and has a million dollar business, right? So these people are all helping me with very different competencies though. So don't get me wrong. They're not like, oh, we're all doing the same thing and I'm trying to mix and match <laughs> techniques. But I'm saying that to say that these are people who, when I, I'm not at any of those places yet. So that means they can not only help with carving that path, but they can also help me to understand what happens when I get there. Because one thing I didn't realize, Stacey, I thought that this was like, a, I don't know, I thought this was a cliche of like, you know, when you start like more money, more problems, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or yeah. you have to learn how to start being in a different tax bracket. Like I thought that was all like jokes and cliches, but no, like you start, you start seeing certain success and you feel like an imposter. If you're not used to it, you see certain success mm-hmm. and you think it's going to all be taken away from you. You see certain mm-hmm. success and you feel like you don't belong. That's where you mm-hmm. need that coach to like ground you and say, no, you work to get here. Now here's how we can get you to that next level. Yes. That's interesting that you um, mentioned the imposter syndrome. Cause back when you were talking about your journey in the beginning about getting um, you were doing resumes and somebody asked you and that really wasn't what you did but you rose to the occasion and did it. And I was thinking about um, if you experienced, you know, the imposter syndrome and have you experienced that throughout your different stages of success? Oh, yeah, um, I, all the time. I've experienced it so much. And the only thing, one of the things that actually helped me stop experiencing it was by filtering my timeline. Because imposter syndrome is, is in comparison syndrome, our human nature. Okay, so anyone listening to this, if you feel this, that's completely normal. There is nothing wrong with you. But what I found didn't help was following the people online who made me feel like I wasn't doing enough. And I had to curate my timeline and it wasn't their fault. You know, like they're not, they shouldn't shrink their success, right? Because of our insecurities. But I needed, I recognized that I needed to stay laser focused and I was having a hard time battling it. So I decided to curate my timeline. That's why I don't really follow a lot of people, especially even my competitors, because I don't ever want to feel like I need to do what they're doing and things like that like I don't I don't need that battle some days are hard enough okay so we don't need to add extra battles (laughs) in there for no reason um right then the other thing that I had to realize then this was just through journaling and self-discovery and also self-love that like my journey is my journey and what's for me has already been written right it's Mm. already it's, it's already been determined my job yes. is to get in alignment. That is my number one focus because if I'm in alignment, then it's going to happen. Now, that does not mean there won't be hard times, that there won't be struggles, there won't be difficulties, there won't be failures. But little, you know, little to our knowledge, that's actually a part of our calling. Those things make us a better coach, a better leader, a better friend. Now we're able to counsel people. There's been things I've gone through that when, until I had a client who was dealing with it right then and there, I'm like, oh, well, that's why I went through that because that literally made no sense. <laughs> but mm-hmm. now I can counsel mm-hmm. someone else and there's nothing like experience. There's yes. absolutely nothing like experience. So I always say, you know, recognize that it's human, but then we have to now create those steps that make the most sense for us to get out of that. So if that means for a while filtering your timeline uh, subscribing from different newsletters, maybe not talking to certain friends for a while or having them at arm's distance until you feel like your confidence coming back, completely do that. But then the second part of that is you need to get clarity on what your vision actually is. Because a lot of times imposter syndrome manifests itself in you now trying to change up what you're doing 
because of someone else because now you don't want to look like them or sound like them when it's like no we can all coexist if you walk down a water aisle it's 17 brands right there right we and there's always your we all have our own favorite brand and we think it's superior but let's be honest all of those brands are making money Dasani is somehow still in business like <laughs> we are all make they're all doing well <laughs> So we can all coexist. There's people who, I have friends who, well, internet friends who do the exact same thing as me and they refer clients to me. They're like, oh, this price will be a little bit more aligned with like your exact niche and vice versa. That comes from just being confident and knowing that we can all exist and I can still prosper. Absolutely. I, I need a moment because you just said a whole bunch of words and <laughs> and that one, <laughs> I had so many different like offspring thoughts um, from everything you just said. Um, but one, I want to back up a little bit because you were talking about um, having to block some people off of your timelines. So how do you think, so you know the, the phrase success um, is proximity. So basically around the people that we're closest to and the people that we see and we're around often kind of helps um, boost our success and helps us to think differently. So how do you balance between being able to um, have other people inspire you yet not be defeated by them at the same time? So how do you kind of keep your circle tight with a balance that yeah. kind of helps you with that. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing I would say with social media, like we got to like let go of the, the ego that we associate with it. It's like, if you unfollow somebody, that does not mean you don't like them. And it doesn't mean that you have yeah. beef. So let's not yeah. make it more than it. I got some of my clients, don't make it more than it has to be, okay? Like it, it's totally fine. There's also a mute feature if you feel better with that. But I find that for me, at this point in my life, I'm inspired by everything. Today, presently, I don't really deal with the imposter syndrome situation. I dealt with that when I was side hustling. It felt like I wasn't at my goal. Now I'm just yeah. like, I'm very secure. <laughs> and I'm very, it's like, mm -hmm. I know where I'm going. But back then it was a matter of um, really defining like what, what inspiration looks like for me. Like what are the things that actually inspire me and actually motivate me, right? Like what else do I need to see? And just filtering, mm -hmm. filtering through and kind of picking my sources of inspiration. So like, for example, there was certain podcasts that I liked, certain YouTube channels and certain people on Instagram who I knew their content always left me full. And that's where I would go to. So I kind of had like my top five picks, right, of places to go. And that actually came from a really good habit I developed years ago, which is I have I have like my own personal remedies of how do I get back right. So you know how when you're sick and you have like everyone has their own thing that they do when they feel like they're getting sick. You know, some people go and boil ginger. <laughs> some people go and put the eucalyptus in the shower. We kind of have our own remedy. But I feel like we yeah. need that for moments of being uninspired. We need it for moments of being sad, moments of feeling burnt out. I feel like we need our things, right? And so that's what I created, like a motivation um, list for myself. But I also found too, for some people that one easy answer is just don't follow people who are your competition, right? Like you can do competitive research, but I mean, even big companies only do it a couple of times a year. You don't have to do it every single day. Like you don't need to be in their comments trying to see what people are saying and see how much like, you know, keeping your, your eyes on your lane. So a very simple answer is don't, you know, try to avoid your competition and follow people who do similar things, maybe in different industries. So instead of me following business coaches, maybe I would follow life coaches or finance coaches or relationship coaches or something like that. If I feel like I want to see what others are interested in but again for me social media like it's cute and all but like it was never really a huge inspiration driver for me 
like outside mm-hmm. of maybe two people on Instagram, for me, my inspiration really came through like content, like my favorite podcast, how I built this, listening to stories of founders of places like Whole Foods and Southwest Airlines and Eventbrite and hearing their stories of trials and triumph. Like that type of stuff really motivated me more than any meme or caption ever could. No shade to those that are that are motivated by that, but for me, it just didn't it just didn't move the boat for me. No, I get that. And something you just said, I felt summed up everything that you said. You said that you followed people who left you full. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's a whole summary in itself. If you are viewing somebody and they're leaving you feeling inadequate or yeah. <laughs> having a worst case of imposter syndrome, then those are the people that you you need to to cut out. I've even told my followers that. I've even in a couple of things, if I if I make you feel that way, please unfollow me. I won't take it personally. Right, I, you know, my right. goal is my goal is never to sell a dream. I need you to know how hard this is. <laughs> I need you to know how yes. much I sacrificed to be here. I don't want you to think because you started following me two days ago that I'm just I'm I've been doing this forever. I've always had these types of numbers and this engagement. Like I need you to know the struggle. <laughs> And it, and it might just be a season too, yeah. you know, at that season, you may be intimidating to them, but yeah. you know, after they, they get through things and conquer some things and have some success on their own, they may be able to come back and now, you know, be able to fully appreciate yeah. all that you know, someone like you has to offer. So I love that. Okay. So then after that, you started talking about um, your alignment and being in line with what you feel that you're supposed to do. So do you feel that you found passion in what you're doing or do you find passion outside of your work or do you feel like you're in alignment in your walking and your passion? Yeah. Like I'm a multi-passionate human being, right? So (laughs) (laughs) there's always going to be things I want to explore. But for me, I'm at that season of life where a lot of the things I'm passionate about don't need to be monetized, uh, mm. which is beautiful. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I can, you know, I mean, I'm, I still share things like on social and on my YouTube channel through my blogs. But for the most part, a lot of the things I'm interested in, like I don't have to, they don't have to be a business right now. But in terms of my actual career, I've never felt more, more like in the right spot. And I say that because when I was working my jobs, I was very fortunate. I mean, I had good careers I had good benefits but I never felt like I belonged I always felt like I was in the wrong space I always felt Mm -hmm. like I was in places where I had to hide and shrink and not be my full self and I couldn't even even when it came to creativity and working like different ideas I feel like I had to worry about not overshadowing the person that's been here longer because they already don't like me and (laughs) this and that right Mm -hmm. whereas now I feel like I feel very fulfilled And I feel that because while business is going great and Lord willing, it continues to go great. I'm also in a space where I'm being really challenged in my business right now because I'm at a crossroads where, um, and I'm, I don't know, I think you told me you experienced something like this in your event business as you start to grow and you cross certain revenue thresholds and you started to build your team and started to expand, like all of these things like that stretch you personally. And so I'm Mm -hmm. dealing with that now. So, okay, great. So now I have to, create different operating procedures. I need to grow my team by a lot of numbers. I need to start to figure out how to scale my programs. I have to eliminate some of the previous offers that I had. They just don't serve my audience as much as I want them to anymore. Um, Pivoting from one-on-one to high-touch group programs and high-end group programs. Um, Growing the corporate corporate contracting side of my business. Um, You know, I'm in, in these mastermind groups where... I'm like, 
the, the the little fish which is great because for so long it's like oh I'm always the big fish I'm always the person giving advice and I'm always this and that and now I'm in the mm-hmm. room and I'm the least experienced and probably the brokest because everybody else is like you know 500k <laughs> a year a million dollars a year and I'm like yes yeah. this means I'm in the right room <laughs> Right, right. Yes. I like this. This yes. is it, and I'm like, it's a good type of discomfort. It's so weird to explain it, but it's like I'm being challenged again. And I'm a student. I'm a learner. I'm an achiever, per strength finder. Um, that's part of why I was doing that career coaching so early in life, fresh out of undergrad or grad school, because when I was in college, I worked at the career center, and I always was applying for. Back when I was in school, companies used to do these leadership development weekends, so they would fly top students out and they would give you professional development and all of this cool stuff so I was always going to stuff like that so I've always been a learner and I felt like I was starting to lose that a little bit in entrepreneurship because I was kind of just learning how to keep the the ship afloat versus like learning like how to grow and scale this thing and so now I'm in a place where I'm balancing managing people client facing and then like actually learning how to take this thing to the next level this thing that I birthed in my bedroom (laughs) how do I now take it to being like a million dollar company yes and I agree with you I think it's it's apparent in your your videos and and you know everything that you do that you are comfortable that you have gotten rid of the imposter syndrome that you are operating in passion and I think that that that's what draws people to you they can see that they feel that um and I know sometimes people get caught up in I want to be like her or mm-hmm. I want to do that. But, you know, this this didn't happen overnight, right? Like you've right. been doing this, <laughs> you've been in the game a long time and this is work and what happens over time. And especially what you just said about now you're the small fish in the pond. So even though some would look at you and say, she's reached this level of success, she can chill, mm-hmm. you know, but you're like, no, I still got work to do. I've, now I've reached another level. Let me start from the beginning and start over again. So I think that that's so important that people keep that in mind that when they're looking at someone, they're not viewing where they are now. They have to realize there was a whole journey and putting one foot in front of the other and getting up and doing things that you didn't want to do or that weren't comfortable to you um, over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. To now be able to be at a place where you can say that you you found passion and that you feel peace and you said um, that you're you have passions that aren't necessarily making you money and that's an amazing place to be in. Yeah, so I am very happy for you. Thank you. Um, and then another thing I feel like we have in common is um, <laughs> we're both introverts mm-hmm. and. How how can you talk to the the introverted folk like us um, that are in business? <laughs> because um, you know, there's some days. You know, I I have two businesses, and both of them require a lot of um, of my energy mm-hmm. and focus on other people. And there's some days at the end of the day where I just put my phone, I just completely cut it off, and I just I need to zone out for a few hours. So how have you been able to be in an industry that requires so much of your time and energy and having to be on, um, but yet needing that time to recharge and to refocus? How have you found a a balance with that? It was definitely a struggle (laughs) and a journey because I dealt with burnout a lot in my earlier days. But presently, I have very um, strict routines 
around when I'm like facing people. So there's only, there's, I do client calls and sales calls on certain days of the week. I don't do them every day. I can't do them every day. And it's very rare that I like compromise on that. So, I mean, I typically only do them two days out of the week, which gives me the other three days to kind of go within. And what this probably sounds crazy, but I also try to align my live stream video to those same days. So that I'm just getting it all out. Like I conserve my energy, get it all out. And then I can spend the rest of the time of the weekend and weekend just recharging. Um, but that requires a lot of planning. That's the biggest thing as an introvert. Like we can't wait until we're at the empty meter to then say, oh, I need to recharge because then you still have all these responsibilities. What you do need to say is, okay, at what points of the week am I at my highest energy and my highest peaks? What point of the week am I typically at my lowest? What types of tasks tend to drain me more than others? What tasks require the least of me? And then looking at your schedule and just aligning those things. So that means you do have to be proactive in your planning. You can't be a... I'm just throwing things on a calendar and waiting till the morning of to like overview. Like I'll, I look at my calendar every Sunday night and if I feel like there's too much happening, I move things. That's when I send emails like, hey, can we change this to this day or this time? Um, it does require me to be way more just intentional and people sometimes avoid that because that's a little bit more work, but it's required. Um, and then recognize that uh, being an introvert is not a weakness. It's definitely a benefit because yes. we're, because we are really good observers, we're really good people readers. Um, mm-hmm. We're very good listeners, and that makes us really good coaches. It, all that means is that is just that we need a little bit more space than other people, and that's okay. And you can totally make it work. Like I just don't think it's realistic to jump in and say Monday through Friday I'm doing calls all day, and then I'm doing mm-hmm. lives in the evening. It's like no, like. You definitely right. want to have a little bit more structure than that, but it's totally feasible. And then as your business grows, you know, the touch points you have to have with people definitely decreases. That's when you bring on a team, you bring on team coaches, you bring on support staff to handle customer service and all of those things, right? So that's another thing. And then the other piece too is that if you're charging premium rates, you don't have to have a lot of clients <laughs> to hit your goals. Yes. That's the other thing that yeah. we haven't really touched on. But like with pricing, if you're if yeah. you're undercharging yourself, then you have to engage with a ton of folks to hit your goals. Whereas if you are charging the right fees, then you are attracting the right clients, quality clients who, you know, those calls and, and discussions are going to fill you up versus train you. The second part to that is if you have the right messaging where it's clear and it's crisp, and we don't have to read between the lines and play guessing games around what you do and who you serve. That's also going to help because that'll also eliminate how many sales calls you have with the wrong people. That'll elim- that'll decrease the chance of you signing on a client who is not a good fit for you. And so a lot of times with our messaging, we try to be so general. We don't want to leave anybody out. We don't want them to feel like, you know, we can't help them when in actuality, we do want them to feel left out. We don't want to service everybody. Everybody is not going to be a good client for you, even if they do have the money. So definitely just take another look at your business model and your communication strategy so that you can ensure that when you are spending time with other people, it's time well spent. Awesome. Yes. I 100% agree with that. So Kashira, I think we're going to wrap this up here, but I want to leave our listeners with, I always like to ask people one word. So what's one word that you feel that you can kind of best describe you with? Ooh, one word to describe me. Um, Oh my gosh, that's so interesting. I know. Um, 
shoot, what would you say? <laughs> Copy your answer. Um, you know what? My, my, I always have the same one and it's always intentional. I just, yeah. I try to be intentional about everything that I do. And that's kind of my, I feel like that kind of sums up everything else. I'm gonna, but that's okay. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say futuristic. Mm. I'm always even with other people I'm always just like I can like see things for them you know I'm like they'll talk mm-hmm. about an idea and I'm like oh my god I can see this being this this and this and I can see this doing that mm-hmm. and you already have what you need like I'm just such a like a uh uh I'm a futuristic person but I'm a huge vision person I'm all about planning of course I, I love appreciating the moment but I think that one thing I told I tell a lot of my peers is I'm like remember when we were kids and we used to have we used to play fairy tales and have these daydreams and that just, just to get us so excited. Like, let's not lose that as an adult. Let's not lose the ability to dream. And I think sometimes people hear futuristic and they're like, oh, you're always just living for tomorrow. I was like, no, I'm pulling on the energy from tomorrow to be more happy like right now, if that makes sense. Yes, I love it. I love it. Can you leave our listeners with some advice on maybe if they're struggling in their journeys or they haven't quite figured out their passion or they haven't quite gotten there yet what's some advice that you would just give them being that you've been on this journey for so long and I'm sure there were days where you just felt like I just want to give up I don't want to do this <laughs> like I just <laughs> what what advice can you give for them to, to keep going I would tell them what you feel is completely normal that's fine it's how you respond that makes the difference and at some mm. point you know you have to decide like the, I always say even with a breakup it's like you can cry today but you can't keep crying next week okay like at some point you got to get up right and so yeah. just really thinking about you know how are you being good to yourself and being kind to yourself you know are you allowing yourself to be human but then if on the second end of that it's okay well now are you pushing yourself to get back up are you willing to get back into the fight and so really just thinking through what's that I would say for the person who's feeling that and they're listening I would want you to journal on this I want you to journal on what do you feel is the root cause that's truly holding you back that root cause is not going to be circumstances as much as you want it to be it's not and what's that true typically it's some kind of fear but then defining what that fear is then the next question would be what would you do if that fear didn't exist what would life feel like if that fear didn't exist how would you approach the goal you have if you replace that fear with a different positive emotion mm. she just gave y'all a whole free session right there <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's a perfect way to close out so tell everybody how they can find you the name of your company how can they work with you yeah so I'm all over social media at Kashira on all platforms my company is the power collective our website is thepowercollective.co worst case just type my name into google and you'll find me I highly recommend engaging with my content I'm really active on instagram I have a facebook group called the power circle um so just check us out and see if you're interested Yes, and you will be interested. She's got content all over the place. And then you didn't even mention your, um, she's on here as a coach today, but she has a cosmetics company too. So just tell them about that real quick. Yeah, so my cosmetics brand is called Life of a Bombshell Cosmetics. And it's like my passion project turned actual business. The website is lifeofabombshell.com and at lifeofabombshell on Instagram. And we sell lipsticks and lip gloss and eyeshadow palettes and all kinds of fun beauty stuff. The tagline is makeup that matches your hustle.
She does everything. And <laughs> it's funny because I remember you saying clearly one day that it was easier for you to sell like a multi-thousand dollar coaching contract yeah. than it was to sell like a $7 lipstick. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, literally, I've had sales calls go 10 minutes and I sell a 3K package and I'm at a vending event talking to somebody for a half hour about it. <laughs> Oh, but thank you so much, Kashara. I appreciate you being with us today. I love you and I am rooting for your success. You've already got it and you don't need me rooting for you, but I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to the Live, Lead, Succeed podcast. Please remember to like and share and invite all of your friends to listen in. You can always follow us at liveleadsucceed.com and feel free to join our Facebook group, also Live, Lead, Succeed. Have a great one. Thank you for listening to the Live, Lead, Succeed podcast. We hope that you were inspired and encouraged to reach just a little bit higher today. Remember, you've got this and we're rooting for you.